As concern grows over the climate crisis, so has its impact on people's mental health. Public health officials have coined the term eco-anxiety to describe the distress that some can experience faced with the state of the environment. Experts warn that eco-anxiety could trigger long-term health effects and what's more, increase social disparities. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of France in Focus. Now, eco-anxiety isn't a medically recognised condition. However, awareness of the impact that it can have on mental health is steadily growing. Well, one recent uh, study of 16 to 25 year olds found that many had experienced psychological effects owing to the climate crisis. In addition to young people, adults and children can also experience the same anguish. This used to be a beautiful green pine forest. We could walk around, go mushroom picking, take some nice pictures. But now I have no words. It's dispiriting. Everything has become sad and dead. Sarah Pago watched the forest she loved so much burn under her very eyes after France's southwestern Gironde region experienced its driest summer on record. We were outside with my partner and we started seeing little white flakes. I had to take a closer look before I realized it's ash. The slightest smell of smoke is now enough to make Sarah anxious. It's winter, so people are starting to use their chimneys, but the first thing that came to my mind was, what's burning? The forest fires weren't the first time Sarah was confronted with the traumatic effects of global warming. A month earlier, she had to flee her home in this Bordeaux suburb after the neighborhood was hit by a violent hailstorm which caused roofs to collapse on terrified residents. It was really violent. We could hear the hail hitting the roofs and the floors. It was terrifying. Since then, Sarah has become extremely vigilant. The young woman is always on high alert, ready to react to any environmental threat. Water recently began to seep through the walls in her new home, and she's been sleeping with one eye open. I'm listening to the wind, the rain, the impacts, trying to figure out the intensity of it and how the roof is coping. All these things are happening in my head to avoid a repeat of what happened this summer. Sarah is now planning to leave this poorly isolated house. It will be her third move in less than five months. For others, like Laure Nouala, eco-anxiety wasn't caused by a specific trauma, but has been building up over many years. Environmental concerns now occupy a central role in her daily life. It's a constant part of my life. All the books I own are about the climate crisis. Laure worked as an environmental journalist for 20 years. Learning and writing about the climate crisis caused her anxiety to grow progressively until it became unbearable. In 2013, she sunk into depression and isolated herself from her friends. She felt they were unable to understand her distress. 
I couldn't even speak to them anymore. They kept talking about their holidays, and I really didn't care. I wanted to scream, to tell them humanity is in peril. Nobody cares about your holidays. She later published a book to help others come to terms with their eco-anxiety, how to care about the environment without getting depressed. You have to let these emotions flow through you, anger, sadness, impotence and fear as well. Once you've experienced all these, you begin to accept that the future might not be so bright. It's like coming to terms with death. We live our entire lives knowing we will die someday. We just don't think about it constantly. It's the same thing, coming to terms with the fact it will end badly. Laure recently found a remedy to her depression, collective action. The former Parisian now lives in Burgundy, where she founded a volunteer-based organization. Today, they're going on a hike to pick up litter. Being in a group makes us feel less alone with our problems. What we do is just to drop in the ocean, but it's the perfect way to fight depression and this feeling of being powerless. From passive despair to active engagement, a way for these volunteers to overcome their eco-anxiety and to do their part for the planet. Dr. Alice Deviol, you're a public health doctor and also an author. Thanks very much for speaking to us on France in Focus today. Merci Thanks for having me. How frequently are we seeing uh, cases of eco-anxiety and who would you say is the most impacted by it? Is it young people? Is it older people? Uh, is it children? Eco-anxiety concerns everybody because we are all affected by its root causes. Nonetheless, studies show that among certain groups, what we call sentinel populations, there are higher levels of eco-anxiety. For example, scientists who work on climate change describe themselves as relatively pessimistic with respect to their findings and the way the government acts or doesn't act. Au regard de leur niveau d'information et de la prise en compte de ces informations par les pouvoirs publics. There are also some younger people who take a hardline approach and target the media spotlight. But it's not just younger people who feel eco-anxiety. It covers every spectrum of society. Recently we've seen natural disasters if you take forest fires, if you take a rise in temperatures or indeed flooding. Has that meant that you've seen more patients who are suffering from eco-anxiety? It's widely accepted in the scientific community that after a natural disaster, we observe higher levels of stress and post-traumatic symptoms, and that these can lead to depression. 
And there's a very interesting U.S. study on victims of forest fires who, after suffering from post-traumatic stress, describe a sense of grieving for the loss of the forest. This sadness and grief is part of what we call eco-anxiety in a way. After a natural disaster, we have the immediate psychological impact, heightened stress and post-traumatic disorder. And in the next stage, we have this feeling of eco-anxiety with respect to the destruction of the environment. The two are intertwined after a natural disaster. How do you know if you're eco-anxious? What would you say are some of the psychological impacts of that? If you feel sad, if you are worried or angry, or if you feel powerless about all the dysfunctionalities of this world, you are feeling some kind of eco-anxiety. And that's rather a good thing, because these emotions will help you to act. The psychological consequences can, on occasion, and usually only temporarily, cause difficulty sleeping. An individual may also experience feelings of panic. But it's important to point out that in most cases, emotions are not an illness. I often draw a parallel with grieving. When you lose somebody, you will cry, you'll be sad. You'll perhaps have feelings of anger or injustice. All that is normal. However, if the grieving continues for a very long time, then we can perhaps start talking of illness. As we see a rise in people who are eco-anxious, do we have enough doctors, enough therapists who know how to deal with this? The full picture about eco-anxiety is yet to become clear in the medical community, the scientific and social sciences community and in society in general. So the answer is no. And this is very regrettable. Doctors and healthcare workers are not trained to deal with prevention and environmental health questions. This opens the way forward for more training and education in the health sector. In your book, you talk about there being hope for those who are eco-anxious. Would you give us some tips? Ultimately, eco-anxiety is a profoundly political concept, which could leave some individuals to take action towards creating a more just and more sustainable society. So I think the rise of eco-anxiety is good news, as long as it brings people together to help rebuild and reinvent our society and the way in which we inhabit the world. We have to keep in mind when we put something in place which will have a positive impact on the environment, for example the revegetation of urban spaces, it has many other consequential benefits for our health. Revegetation improves air quality, it reduces pollution, it will cool the air and create shady spaces, and it will make urban spaces more beautiful. Beauty is also something that improves our well-being and mental health. It can also bring new biodiversity, it will bring new life. If we consider eco-anxiety in this way, like a compass, something that can guide us towards a more just and sustainable society, we understand all the positive power, the power of life, contained in this philosophy, this wisdom. Okay, Alice W. your public health doctor and an author, thanks for your time today. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of this edition of France in Focus. Thanks very much for watching. We'll see you again next time.